Hey, Michigan, let's talk golf. Here's Mike Sullivan, the most inconsistent golfer ever. In your life have you seen anything like that? And Kyle Bogey, wait, how can a guy with that name host a golf show? We'll never know. Better than most. It's the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast. Powered by our presenting partner, Hall Financial. Well, I, for one, am beyond ready to gain about, I don't know, 10, 15, maybe 20 pounds uh, as Thanksgiving (laughs) is ready to commence uh, in 2020. I know it's going to look and maybe feel a little bit differently for some of you out there, but uh, really, uh, right out of the gate, you know, I want to just say a happy Thanksgiving to all the Metro Detroit golfers out there, everyone who has supported this community, grown this community, the passion that everyone has. Uh, hopefully, it'll be an enjoyable holiday season, and you know, we can really look forward to 2021 here uh, on the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast, because Mike... It's going to be a huge year next year. I know huge. we're really looking yeah. forward to it. No, it is, Kyle. And I, you know, we had said several posts throughout the past couple of weeks about just being thankful with the growth and with everyone who has contributed to MDG. And I think it has been just awesome to see. But um, you know, that's one thing too, where you know, we talk about Thanksgiving, we talk about being thankful. I think you and I are both <laughs> very thankful of the growth. We're very thankful of the audience. We're very thankful of just, uh, frankly, the passion of MDG. I think that people have been just so active and so passionate and so down to talk golf. So that's something we look forward to continuing in 2021. As you said, a ton of of big things. I'm sure you guys have seen it all on the on the message boards, and I'm sure you've seen it all on the website and the text list. Once again, MDG, just text MDG to 545454. Or Kyle, I really do encourage this as well. Visit, check out, there's a ton of information on there. Uh, MetroDetroitGolfers.com. Let, let me ask you this real quick. While while we're in the the season, the the, the feeling of being thankful here as uh, Thanksgiving is op- officially upon us, uh, what are you most thankful for as it pertains to your golf game? <laughs> like I, I have oh, an sure, idea yeah. in my head for what saves your ass when you're out there on the golf course, but in your eyes yeah. and in your mind, when you're out there on the golf course, God. I'm just so thankful that I have this on the golf course. I am very thankful that I can putt. Bingo. I, I, no, I swear to God, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> because, you know, I will say this. So off the tee this year, I've been, I've been very good. I've been better than, better than most, as we say in the intro. But I've been good off the tee. I haven't gotten in too much issue off the tee. You know, I'm not pounding at 300 yards. But, you know, at, at times, I, I think my, my highest – I've hit, you know – the amount of times this year that I've hit over 300, I can count on one hand. But I I really have been fine off the tee where I'm not spraying it too much. I can get out of trouble. I If I really miss a tee shot, I'm still in the rough. I can still you know potentially get on a regulation, mm-hmm. whatever. Of course. Um, my irons have not been great. My long irons have been so inconsistent. My wedges have been pretty good. But my long irons have just been inconsistent. I'm not giving myself chances for birdies. But when I get on the green, you know I, my, my putting has been has been good. That sounds like the average golfer out there. It really yeah. does. You know, just inconsistent, you know, got to fix this for next year, got to do that, got to work on this. I can this. scramble, though. Oh, I, no I, doubt. I, I, I can mm-hmm. scramble. If I'm in trouble off the tee, I can scramble. See, and, and what you need to do and just, you know, being able to play with you, you know, a ton, you know, this past year, way more than I ever thought I would want to play with you. I got to be honest with you. But, <laughs> um, no, you do have the ability to at least – Get on the green and just give yourself a chance. And when you have a putter in your hand, especially your new little, uh, you know, wonderful MDG, uh, MDG custom uh, Scotty Cameron, you, you can make some putts and, and save yourself some strokes. So for me, I'm the opposite end of it. Yeah. 
what I'm thankful for on the golf course is simply being able to get off the tee. Yeah. And and there are some days, of course, just like any other day, some days you'll have a bad day putting, you'll have a bad day with sure. irons, and I'll have bad days off the tee. But for the most part, I can find a fairway. You yeah. know, and and my driver has been a game changer over the last couple of years. It's been critical critical to you know my growth, my development, you know, as a player and getting that handicap down. Well, but the, the one thing about your game that stood out to me this year is that I think that when you there's so many times I don't mean this to be a, be a jerk about it. Please be a jerk. There, no, there's so many times where you will hit a you'll hit a drive, and I won't think that that's like an incredible drive or anything. But you do such a great job of drawing the ball where you don't you like your trajectory. I hit the ball higher than you, right? Not that that's a good or a bad. Way thing. higher, yeah. You hit the ball, you know, um, more on the line, mm-hmm. but you draw it and you don't fade it. I'll hit the ball high and I'll fade it. You'll hit the ball low and you'll draw it and you'll outdrive me. I would argue, if we had to, that a lot of the times, in terms of my carry versus your carry, that I'm carrying it the same amount of distance. Yeah, I disagree with that. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just not. I'm not getting any roll at all. No, you you don't. You need to get a little bit more. I personally, and I don't. You know, maybe this is something we can talk about with you know our friends over at Miles of Golf. I, I don't know. I, I think a total swing change for you might be in the cards, where you play more of a draw. Start, I'm, I'm going to prioritize to start drawing it. Yeah. You're an athlete. You're more of an athlete than me. But I mean, at, I, 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 my, at, my body's terrible. Look at some of the best golfers that Tiger, Brooks, uh, Dustin. They all fade it. You know. Sure. So it's it's not that fading it's a bad thing, but I think that when you draw it, you don't get anywhere near the amount of roll either. Mm-hmm. No, know? there's and no I, doubt. I think that that when you you know. Sometimes you'll hit a drive and it'll be it'll be a good drive in terms of the the it'll be straight it'll be fine you won't think that it'll go uh, a long ways but then all of a sudden you get up there and and it was low but it had it it had drew and it's rolling on the fairway and it's and yep. it's great you know and See, I think that's a testament to being able to draw the ball because every golfer should want to draw the ball as the goal. It's funny that you mentioned that though. And, and, you know, certainly there's a Dustin Johnson, you know, tie in here on this episode. Cause we're going to talk to Eddie Mio, who has actually had a chance to play golf oh, yeah. uh, with Dustin Johnson. We'll get to that interview in just a second. But if you've noticed, I have made an adjustment to be able to hit a power fade this past season, you know, as well, which has been a game changer because what's the old adage, you, you know, you can talk to a fade, you can't talk to a draw. You know, yeah. I mean, if you overhook something or overdo it with well, your right. hands, you're not going to be able to bring that back. With a fade, you at least get a chance for a soft landing, sure. yeah. and maybe you're not going to be in the tree line yep. and giving yourself a, a chance, you know, at the green. But so, you can get so much more distance on a draw. Of course, yeah. And, and, you know. and that's really the name of the game, especially nowadays. So, you know, it's just one of those things. But God, it's funny how I'm thankful for being able to get off the tee. You're thankful for being able to just simply putt. Uh, we're polar opposites. If we combined our, our skill set and our powers, <laughs> right? we'd be one hell of a yeah. golfer. But I will say one other thing that we're really thankful for, uh, and we've been thankful for this for you know many, many years, and that's our relationship and really our partnership with Hall Financial. I mean, they have been unbelievable. David Hall and his entire team just been tremendous in, one, supporting the MDG community, but two, supporting you and I, you know, and actually handling our mortgages. You know, you've worked with them once when you bought your first home. I certainly have worked with them twice now. I bought my first home and then I've refinanced since then. Hall Financial does an unbelievable job. Rates are at an incredible low. And we know how important saving money is, especially these days. 2020 has been tough. Hall Financial is trying to take care of you and get you in the very best deal they possibly can. Make sure you reach out to them or at the very least, 
go to hallmdg.com because they want to reach you, the Metro Detroit golfer. Yeah, make sure you check out that video of Kyle and I at Oakland Hills on the patio at the south. You probably see the construction in the background of, of the south course getting redesigned, but uh, hallmdg.com, they've been great. I, I can't thank uh, their entire team enough for the partnership, so www.hallmdg.com. Now, uh, Kyle, we've talked about, obviously, we just mentioned our what we're thankful for in our golf game and what needs to be improved, but uh, what I will say is that kind of moving forward here to the what you're about to hear is a guy that you and I have gotten to know this past year, which we know 2020 has been a crazy year, and I'm sure in a few weeks when we do a year-end podcast that we'll recap the year from a golf perspective and otherwise, but... Um, 2020 has been such a crazy year, but one of the bright spots for us with 2020 was getting to meet the gentleman that you're about to hear from. And I am not being dramatic. I am not uh, overselling this. Kyle, you and I uh, have jokingly <laughs> said to each other, God, you know, we, we, we probably like playing with Eddie Mio a little too much because, I mean, Eddie is such a great guy to golf with. He's such a great guy just to talk to. And um, how it all originated was you and I, being invited to Darren McCarty's golf outing and being paired with Eddie and Meltdown from WRAF, who was great as well. But specifically with, with for the purpose of this episode with Eddie, that's how it all started, Kyle, with, with golfing with him at Tanglewood at D-Max outing. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll just be completely you know frank and, and forthright and just totally honest here, okay? I fell in love with Eddie Mio within like the first twenty five minutes of meeting. Okay, and it wasn't. He's, like, he's the he's the best guy. <laughs> if you had to pick a guy who you wanted with your scramble, he's the best guy. Oh yeah, and it wasn't the first hole. You know, the first hole. Okay, you're you're just getting used to who you're playing with and adjusting to what's going on. And it's out not there that he's that. a great golfer either. No, no I, no I agree. And I would say this to his face. But. He's not a, a ringer out there. You know, where he's just a scratch golfer or something. But we finished the first hole at this outing. Okay. And and the second hole, we hit our drives, and we hit a couple approaches, and one is on the green, maybe 12 feet or something, right? Mine, and, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you. <laughs> and, and you know, we all putt. We did use my drive on that hole. I remember that. I'm I, sure we did on that one hole. Maybe me for the other 17. I, um, I'm the type but, of person, by the way, that can remember. If you, if you told me a round that I played this year, I could remember every shot from every hole. See, I, I wish I had that memory. Anyway, go ahead. I wish. I mean, immediately after the round, I have that memory. Beyond remember, that, we, we, I don't. We played the court. We played it straight up. We parred yeah. number one. Then number two, my drive was off to the left. Uh -huh. I mean, we're talking. I was to the right. Probably four months. Four months ago. You know? Yeah. Oh, it was a long time ago. But anyway, go ahead. And then we had a shot just short of the pin, maybe twelve feet, something like that. And for, for some reason, I think you put before me, which makes no sense. Or maybe maybe I was third. Either way, I had a very no, good putt. No, I went last. I went last. Okay, it, it, as it should be. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> oh, please. I had a good year of putting, but by no means am I a good putter. I went third, and I had a perfect putt. It was right on the line, and it hit like a, a, a bump or, or a stick or something. And it, it wasn't just, a, an boom, It right. jolted right, you know, and, and, and it, we missed the putt because of that. And you ended up missing your putt, you know, not a big deal. And at the end of it, Eddie goes, well... I don't know. I think that's good to me. I mean, it hit something on the way. It was going to go in. And I, from that moment, I said, I love this guy. <laughs> just a guy who wants to have fun. And, and, and we, uh, you know, certainly just a quick background on Eddie Mio, for those who might not be familiar. Eddie is a guy who played in the NHL for 11 seasons. He played for the Rangers. He played for the Oilers. He played for the Red Wings. And uh, however, 
most notably what Eddie is known for, besides going to the same high school as my dad, which we've talked about several times. But besides that, Eddie is 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 known for being Wayne Gretzky's best man at his wedding. And I think he hates hearing yeah, that. Yeah, I know. I, I, I but, really do. But he, you're talking about a guy who's who's you know you know best friends with Wayne Gretzky, who has played with therefore Dustin Johnson several times because of Paulina Gretzky. Um, Eddie is just a guy who who likes to have fun, who likes to go out and, and play golf and talk. And, you know, he was also a, a, an agent. He was an NHL agent. He was Sergei Fedorov's agent when all this stuff went down in Detroit. Negotiating so, that $28 million deal. Honestly, yeah. I don't want to give it away, Kyle, yeah. but we're about to hear all of that with, with Eddie. This is a guy who is going to talk about playing with Dustin Johnson. He's going to talk about being Sergey's agent. He's going to talk about uh, you know being with Steve Eisman at the early part of his career. My big opinion on the Detroit Red Wings and who I think uh, should get more credit during that era as well. I mean, there's a ton there. He's going to talk about who can party harder in terms of the, the younger the kids nowadays versus when he was playing and, and my God, you know, playing in New York City and the parties there and LA and Detroit and everywhere. But anyway, Kyle, um, definitely want to get to Eddie. And, and Eddie's a guy who we look forward to playing golf with every single year. We played with him four times this year. We were at the simulator with him. Um, Eddie, if, if you have a chance, you know, um, just a stand-up guy. And, and Eddie Mio is uh, not only a, an NHL legend in our eyes, but certainly a, a guy who is just – you want involved with your golf outing. You want involved with golf. I can tell you right now, when we do our MDG outing, he is going to be a part of it, period. So uh, that being said, look forward to getting the interview. But first, definitely want to take a moment to talk to you guys about tricovery, massage, and flexibility, guys. I've sent a few friends there. And honestly, it's one of those things where I think there's a lot of people on MDG who probably don't think that they need to or should or have really cross their mind to go to Tricovery or to get flexibility and massage and stretching for golf. But Tricovery does a great job at tri-covery.com with stretching and massage specifically for golfers and Metro Detroit golfers. And really, now's the time to get involved with it as well. You want to make sure that your body's ready to go for golf season next year. I mean, I've texted my friend who you know is my partner on my annual golf trip with my buddies, and I said, look, I'm going to be right next year. I'm going to make sure my left shoulder blade is right and ready to go. And I've been working with Jeff and Kevin over at Tricovery to make sure that I am feeling better. And it's it's a work in progress. No pain, no gain. You got to work through it. But I got Kevin sending me videos almost on a daily basis They're of great. exercises to do, things that you need to make sure you're thinking of and, and cognizant of so that your body can perform at the very best level heading into golf season next year. Absolutely. So thank you to Tricovery. That's T-R-I-Covery. Dot com and guys um, on hey and frankly because of Tricovery and a bunch of other partners we have make sure that this has been a big topic on MDG that you're up to date with our Metro Detroit Golfers Tour card that's coming out in January uh, guys you know full transparency there's a thousand of these we do expect these to to go very very quickly so make sure you're part of that text list that's MDG to five four five four five four just text that and you will be all set you're gonna get the pre-sale you're getting an opportunity to take advantage of that MDG tour card. So, Kyle, without further ado, want to introduce Eddie Mio. Make sure you Google him. Make sure you uh, you know find him somehow and invite him out to golf with you. He's a great guy and someone who we've enjoyed getting to know. And I uh, want to get to that interview right now. Eddie Mio, who was Wayne Gretzky's best man, who was a former NHL player, who was an Assumption High School graduate, and who is just an overall great guy. So thank you, guys. Happy Thanksgiving to all. And let's get to Eddie Mio 
right now. Happy Thanksgiving. Really happy to have this uh, next guest on here on the Metro Detroit Golfers podcast. A guy who, you know, Sully, I really feel like it was just a match made in heaven. Okay, now we played in (laughs) the Darren McCarty golf outing, okay, you know, about a month or so ago. And we got paired up with this wonderful human being, Eddie Mio. I want to call you Edward Mio. It was just, it was one of the best days, best outings I've ever participated in. And we had a hell of a time. We did, didn't we? (laughs) And we played some good golf, except for me. You guys, you guys (laughs) nailed the ball. I love watching that, uh, that happen on the golf course. I just can't. When I grew up, I played baseball in the summer. I didn't go golfing. (laughs) But they say I got a real short backswing, and when I do hit it, I get out there enough. I just love going out there, and you guys were great. We had a great group. And then Meltdown, you know, actually we... Yep. Played better after he left. That's a, yeah. not a bad point. Yeah, yeah. We, were playing with, we were playing with Meltdown from WRAF. Super nice guy. Uh, made a ridiculous comment at the turn about Steve Eisman, which we'll get into. But but we played really well in the back nine and had a few drinks. Eddie, that was great to meet you. Uh, found out that you went to the same high school as my dad, which was cool. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Assumption High School. In uh, Windsor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of uh, we had about two hundred Americans, a lot of them from Dearborn. Believe it or not, my good friend and still my good friend John Pelizzetti from Dearborn uh, ended up playing for the Ottawa Rough Riders and then the Calgary uh, Stampeders. So he had a nice, he won a great cup. Uh, I went to the University of Richmond. Without him, we won four years. I played football, and he Love was it. yeah. We won the city championship. Ask your dad and. Uh, uh, we always had a good team because we, we did. Everybody says we cheated because we were allowed some Americans on a Canadian football team, right? But uh, And same with our baseball team, John and Joey. Joey's a very successful uh, orthopedic. Uh, he heads uh, a Wassel General. So that school was pretty good for us and pretty disciplined. Uh, it was an all-boys school, so we couldn't get into trouble. <laughs> but we did well, have an all-girls school down the block. So. Yeah, so you could still get into some trouble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, I was very shy back then. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and Eddie, obviously, you know, you played, had, had a great NHL career with the Oilers, the Rangers, the Red Wings, and a lot of people don't know that you were also Wayne Gretzky's best man at his wedding, so you know him very well. And it seems like you've just had a great relationship with with such a, a legend like Wayne Gretzky over the years, too. You know, I... Uh, I get more press from being Wayne's best man in the 11 years I played. Now, you figure that one out, I guess. And, and, I guess I wasn't very good. And, well, and the fact that you were a sports agent, too. And, uh, You're I, Sergei Fedorov's agent. I was Sergei's, Joe Thornton, Brett Hall. Yeah, I had a pretty good group. Uh, and that all came about with my friendship with Wayne um, and playing days with Wayne. I introduced him to his agent. Uh, he had an agent, Gus Bedali, out of Toronto. But Mike Barnett was a guy I met in Calgary in 1976, my first year pro. And um, he owned a a sports bar at the time. And then when Wayne and I got sold from Indianapolis, we were leaving the city airport. And all of a sudden, we saw this big sign that said, coming soon, the sports paid. I go, I wonder if it's the same guy. Sure enough, it was. Introduced him to Wayne. Excellent, excellent. Probably for me, in the hockey, probably the best agent I've ever had the benefit of working with and when i retired in in, uh, 1992 i uh i got a call from mike but i'm sure wayne instigated and said come on join img international management group uh so 
well, that was good. Uh, as far as it got me back into the game, my first client was Joe Thornton, so that wasn't mm. a bad get. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> number one overall and pretty sure. decent Hall of Fame career, I would say. Uh, I feel bad that, that Stanley Cup has eluded him. He had a couple chances. but uh, So uh, my 12 years there, and then I went to work for Phoenix Coyotes, again, because of Wayne. Wayne bought into the team, was head of hockey operations. He brought me in, Mike Barnett. So we left uh, IMG. And uh, it's great. Yeah. So we had a what a great what a great career you had on the ice, off the ice, uh, behind the scenes as an agent, as an executive. And I mean, that's awesome. It is. I I, I would be curious just to kind of go back because I feel like you have been involved in some of the formative years of some of the greatest hockey cores of all time. I mean, we talk about the Oilers. You talk about, you know, obviously, yeah, Gretzky, but it was Mark Messier very early on. It was Paul Coffey still very early on. Could you see, I mean, you were, you were young as, you know, at that point as well, but could you see what was going to progress throughout, you know, their careers, I guess, in those early, early years? Yeah. uh, You really saw a lot when, when Wayne was only 17 playing with me in Indianapolis in the WHA. It took him a little time, you know, and then we, after not even a month, we got sold because obviously mm-hmm. Indy was going to fold. And he still had about a month there in Edmonton, I'd say till December, that he was still kind of, then all of a sudden you just saw, right? <laughs> you just saw it. And uh, the following year was our first NHL year. And then we added Paul Coffey, Kevin Lowe, Mark Messier. Uh, Glenn Anderson. Um, you could just see in practice was our practices were tougher than games because as a goaltender, I'm facing all You're these guys. You're getting peppered, right? by, them, peppered yeah. by them, yeah. Right? <laughs> and all we did was play offense. That's all it was. There was no defense. And um, one year there in 1980, I think it was, I I had uh, eight points. I think I had more points than Dave Semenko. <laughs> and uh, the only thing I did was stop the puck behind the net and let Paul Coffey take it and all the way down. Wow. And that was an assist. So it wasn't like I was passing the puck. But uh, you could see these kids just come in and uh, just shine, and you knew they were going to be tough. Uh, unfortunately, in 81, this other kid came into town and uh, by the name of Grant Fuhrer, and I was expendable. I was traded to New York. So unfortunately, I didn't get to see or be a part of the uh, Stanley Cup years, but I think I had a lot to do with, and our older guys like Ron Chipperfield, Cowboy Bill Flett, uh, Paul Schmier, I think we taught some of those younger kids how to be teammates, how to take care of each other. Um, you know, really, I think what's missing now, at least for me, is the bonding that takes place off the ice. Mm. When you're with somebody six months of mm-hmm. the time, it's not only in the dress room, you got to bond so, on the golf course, right? On the golf course. But, I mean, this is during the season, so we would we'd always make sure we had lunches together and all that in Edmonton. That's when we started in, in 78. And then Gretz and Mess took it over after we left, all the older guys. So I think nowadays it's, it's really tough because you're chartering. You don't have time to spend uh, with the guys for lunch after practice and all that because most of the guys are married nowadays. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of single guys back then. <laughs> so, so, so you guys didn't have very much fun then. No, yeah. As, as some of the older guys on Edmonton, uh, when we'd leave for a road trip, it was, okay, the single guys are going to get a rest. 
and the older guys are going to go play on the road because well, we were so tuckered out. <laughs> Playing in the NHL, though, Eddie, I mean, do, do the women just flock to you? Ah, uh, you know. <laughs> well, if you're Ron Duguay, yes. Okay. Wayne Gretzky, yes. Mark, yes. It's, it's, in New York was, I got a, not only it was the 80s, but when I lived in New York, I had a very, very uh, exciting, exciting two years there. And yes. You love that city. You said it before, oh, right? Love it. I love it. It's a shame what's happening to it now. Uh, guys are starting to call it the crab apple instead of the big apple. Yeah. But playing in New York, it wasn't just about the city and the excitement. Like, I lived down in Manhattan, Upper East Side. Sure. The excitement of taking a cab to Madison Square Garden the day I was playing and watching the crowd, you know, getting off work and, you know, it's just something in you. And then when you got into Madison Square Garden, it's one of the best places to play. It really is. That And that's what's crazy. A ton of people don't realize that those athletes in New York, I know someone who's with the Yankees, right? And you can siren me all you want there. But I'm serious. There are, I know for a fact, a couple players, younger guys on the Yankees that'll live in like Lower West, like Soho or Tribeca, and they will take the subway up to the Bronx to go to their own game. To go to because, their own game. Because the yeah. traffic is so crazy, which, which yep. is just wild. But yep. um, no, you hear so many re- just crazy things about this. Remember, we had Studio 54 back then, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are too young to, to, to no, know that. Of course. Well, yeah. a little I, different now. Yeah. I, I, I do have to. I'm sorry. I know that you know. we talked about you being an agent and being Sergey's agent. I do have to tee Kyle up for this because, as you know, Eddie, Kyle has a very, very controversial opinion about Sergey Fedorov that I don't think See, is far-fetched. But Kyle gets gets yelled at by people and Red Wings fans for this opinion. It, it's happened a few times. People get a little angry about it. But, you know, we talked about this on the course when we, uh, you know, met playing in Darren's outing. And... I think bar none, like without a doubt, Sergei Fedorov was the most talented player. The I think the best player from no, that most talented player. I still think best player from that era, you know, of, of Red Wings hockey when they, you know, those late nineties when they finally started winning cups. That's pretty hard to argue with, but you still got that one person here, yeah, um, Stevie Eiserman. But mm-hmm. but but the point is, I, I think he had more talent than. Than Stevie. Yes. I mean, uh, Stevie, that, forgive me when I do my next contract <laughs> against you. But, but that Stevie doesn't make w- him a better player. Right. Stevie overall, I think Stevie had the the, the more, um, how would you say, more presence on the ice. Yes. Sergey's problem sometimes was, was he in the game? Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was there. Was he in the game? And then... There's nights like against Washington Capitals when he scores the five goals, and it was easy. I mean, it was like at ease. I think also, though, and again, you're not wrong at all, mm-hmm. but that era also had Larionov, oh, incredible, Konstantinov, mm-hmm. Brett Hall. You go down the list, mm-hmm. and now you had vets that Sergey would play off of, and, and that made him a better player, too. Whereas Stevie... I think people played off Stevie. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. I think the presence of Stevie was more prevalent than oh, yeah. than Sergey. Talent wise, offensively, I think Sergey is even one of defensively. The most talented. And, he, could, he, would, he could play well, on the blue line as right, well. Right. He played he played for the whole month, Scotty yeah. back there. <laughs> so you know, it's it, that is such a tough question when you've got two great elite players. I mean it's it's raised yep. the same thing with Mark Messi and Wayne uh, Gretzky. Mm-hmm. Mass was an overall physical, defensive, offensive, just a bull, right? Gretz, 
Yeah. Again, Gretz, forgive me. <laughs> Wasn't too strong defensively. Well, yeah. and a couple more hockey, you know, topics before we get to actually start talking some golf here on the Metro Detroit Golfers podcast. But you, obviously, with your relationship with Sergey and being his agent for for the contract and everything, without going into a ton of detail, at least from the public side of it, is is there any, I guess, in your opinion, misconceptions out there uh, that exist? And and I do want to say this. For sure, it's ridiculous that I, that Fedorov's number isn't retired. That's ridiculous, number one. So it's a crime. So let's not even go there. But secondly, in terms of how that whole thing went down and Fedorov's relationship with Red Wings, City of Detroit, anything that you would just want to say about that? Yeah, understand. At the time, we were unrestricted. Uh, back then, you were restricted. He wasn't unrestricted. Nowadays, you go five years, you're unrestricted. Mm -hmm. You make your deal. And with the cap, that's why people move around a lot. Sergey was restricted. So in order for him to move on, uh, it's going to take, uh, I think, two first rounds. Anyways, I forget what exactly was if another team would sign him, what it co it would cost the him. Compensation, Not only the, the compensation. Yeah. But the 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 misconception was that Sergey was being uh you know belligerent meaning he wanted Stevie Eiserman's money mm -hmm. and he goes along with what Kyle said you had two players here that were very very important and I'm not going to say what Stevie was making at that time Sergey wanted it mm -hmm. okay and and we felt as agents Mike Barnett and myself when I went into Kenny Kenny Holland at the time he knew that Sergey was worth what we were asking. <laughs> the problem was he didn't have to pay him because even if another team goes and match, I mean, makes an offer, they get the opportunity to match. So, and at that time, the Red Wings were in first place, right? So it got to the point where it, 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 Sergey wanted out. Okay, and I think there's again misconception. How can, how would you want out from the Red Wings and all that? Well, if you weren't going to pay us, you might as well go to a team. So we found Carolina, uh, who was in last place, to uh, to make an offer finally. Mm -hmm. And this wasn't until February after he had a great uh, Olympics with uh, the Russian teams. Yeah. The Russians brought him back. He trained with them. Uh, so. In essence, I think a lot of people know what the contract. It was the best contract in NHL. The way that uh, Barnett and myself found a loophole that uh, said, if you go to the conference finals, you don't have to win it. Sergey gets paid twenty-eight million, okay, up front in one check, and then the next five years he'll just get a salary, small one. Detroit was in first place, so we never thought Detroit was going to match. And they took it to arbitration, saying it's more of a bonus. It's not a salary. Uh, but we won and ended up Kenny Holland and Mike Illich matched it. They did not want to let Sergey go. And only after a month and a half, he was a main part of the team winning the cup again. So goes to show you, sit out till February, get your deal, and win the cup. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> incredible. You know, it's, yeah. So the misconception, Sergey didn't ever want to leave uh, um he just wanted to be paid what he thought mm -hmm. he was fair. worth. That's yeah. the business side of things. Yeah. I mean, that's, and and you know. if you look at the way contracts are being done now, and I know we want to talk golf, the way the contracts Please, are being done, great. yeah, the way the contracts are being done now is, if a guy's comparable on another team, and he's only got 10, 10 goals and making three million, guess what I'm getting? 
if he if you got the same stats, same age, mm-hmm. about the same number of years, I'm going to get three million. And that's how contracts are done now. No. So it's no different uh, back then when we did it. He got what he thought, you know. Yep. He was worth it. Now, I'm sure Sergey had uh, a heck of a night when uh, that, that $28 million was wired and uh, officially hit his bank account. But I got to believe his team that took care of everything as well. I mean, that's got to be a great feeling yeah. to get your player what, what he, he deserves. You know, and, and I think all along, you know, because Brett Hall was here too at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and he always said, yeah, you're doing the right thing. You know, uh, unfortunately, we're missing him till February. But... You know, sometimes as agents, you always question. You said, "Do you know how many times Sergey would call me up at two in the morning?" Because him and his dad were worried, and they lived in Bloomfield Hills. I'm in West Bloomfield. I go, "What's up, Sergey?" He said, "What are you doing?" I said, "Well, I'm sleeping." <laughs> I goes, "Oh, good, you can sleep." I said, "Okay, I'll be right over." And we'd sit up till six o'clock trying to convince him this is the right thing, and we've started it now. If we give in. We all we had a couple deals from the Islanders and, and other teams, but they wanted to structure it like they did Di Pietro's deal all the way back 10, 15 years. And we said, no, that, <laughs> that's not happening. So, um, but anyways, that's great. It, yeah, yeah. And, and Sergey's love is still in Detroit. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, he. And he I'd love to him. see that number retired. Oh. Yeah. I mean, come on. I, I would too. I would yeah. Which is, and Eddie, we don't have to go there in detail, but it's a shame. And, and it's ridiculous that it's not retired, at least in my opinion. The Red Say, Wings, I couldn't the, agree more. Yeah, Red Wings have a history of really being stingy yeah. on their jerseys, you know, retiring numbers. Uh, but I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I think maybe they think that, and this is just a thought, this is my thought, that they retire Sergey's, they're going to have to retire Fatisov, retire uh, Larianov's, and who knows how many guys down the road, you know? And. For the Red Wings, it's a it's it's a stoic uh, franchise. You know, it's it's pretty tough to get your yeah. jersey. They don't want to be the Pistons just retiring yeah. every, <laughs> every <exactly>. number. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Have a ceremony every other game. Uh, real quick before we do uh, touch on golf, I, I mentioned the uh, the Oilers in the early years with all that talent and everything. You also finished your career, you know, clearly with the Detroit Red Wings as well. You kind of got to see. I mean, it was still very early. They were still, what, 10 years you know, yeah. from winning their first Stanley Cup. But obviously, Stevie was here. They were still in that Dead Wings phase. But could you see the early kind of beginnings of something going on? Our problem, when, when, when Ron Duguay and myself were traded from New York and uh, Brad Park came in, we had 17 new guys coming in from the team of last year. I think the only remaining guys were uh, Barrett on defense uh, Greg Smith, uh, Danny Garrett, Dwight Foster. So 17 new guys took some time. Once we started gelling, we made the playoffs first year mm-hmm. in 83, first time in 17 years. So that year you could see it. The following year, little tail off, but made the playoffs again. And now you can see Stevie taking over. You saw the, the uh, third year, unfortunately, they changed the squad again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devilano brought in a bunch of new guys, kind of changed the chemistry. Brad Park had retired. Um, you know, it just kind of changed it. Stevie got hurt most of the year. Uh, but the bottom line is, man, we took a dive. But you knew the talent was still there. You had uh, Jerry Gallant had come in in 83, Lane Lambert, Claude LaZelle. So we had a new – now they're starting to gel. New coach, the guys started, you know, hey, 
let's play. And you could see it. I think in 87, 88, when they started taking the Oilers to the conference finals, you know, you could see that uh, that, that was the case, that uh, that they were they were back. Eventually, Eventually it was going to happen. Eventually, they were coming. And yeah. again, uh, I think what really helped was you find Datsuk in the first fourth round. You found Fedorov in the fourth round. Yep. Uh, Lidst- Lidstrom, I think, a third was round third pick, round, I think. something I think, like that. Yeah. So they started picking those Europeans. Yeah. They yep. started picking off those Europeans before NHL teams really started sending three or four scouts. Yeah. There. And they got their Swedish scout was awesome. He was very, very good. And then you saw all the little pieces. Now... <laughs> When you got unlimited payroll, <laughs> sure. now you saw the real pieces with Brad Hall, Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Although Shanny came with a trade, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, everything there by the '90s, you knew it was going to be a dynasty. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I'd be interested to know, you know, because you only spent you know a few years here, you know, in Detroit. But there have been several athletes that have come here at some point, you know, in their playing career, whatever sport it is. And they have set up shop and stayed here in Michigan and continued to live their life even after retirement. What, I guess, went into that? Because you're obviously still in the area and, yeah. and around. Well, originally I'm from Windsor, mm-hmm. Ontario. Right. That had something to do with it, but not really the most. Because yeah. I was thinking about going back to Edmonton and New York because my name was okay and uh, uh, pretty popular there. It was popular here, too. And you but, love New York. And I love New York. <laughs> Eddie, you're, you're popular everywhere. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> so... In thinking, I think, again, when we played, we didn't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So we were always looking what we were going to do after. Sure. And our pension plan, uh, plan wasn't very good either. So I sat down, believe it or not, with Ted Lindsay and uh, Alex Del Vecchio and Sid Abel. They called wow. because at that time I had spent a year away from the rink, didn't come, and they were all the alumni guys. So we had dinner at uh, Cafe uh, Roma. No, the Roma Cafe. Yep. Okay? Yep. That was a good, a big spot for the boys in the 60s and 70s. <laughs> so, anyways, they told me about the opportunities, playing with the alumni, the people you're going to get to meet, and automotive. So, automotive was what all the guys, Gary Bergman was in printing. Sid Abel worked for a tooling company. Oh, yeah. Uh, Teddy. And they worked multiple with, jobs. They yeah, had multiple right. jobs. Mm-hmm. Teddy was in the plastics end, plus rep and other yep. business. They said, just be a rep. Get in with some companies. And sure enough, that's what I did for for about four years. And it was pretty good until, like I said, 92, Gretz made the call and said, come on. <laughs> and uh, let's get you back into hockey. What a change that is, too, over the years for the sports. I mean, you used to have guys like, you know, Gordie Howe, guys like exactly. uh, Lem Barney with the Lions. You know, all, all these guys that would have to work mm-hmm. multiple different jobs. Yeah. How crazy is that, even from an agent standpoint and from a player standpoint, to see the money change that much over the years? Rightfully so with how with the market, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But, yeah. but what a difference. Well, you know what? We don't begrudge Mm-mm. the young kids making that kind of money. You know, the, the TV contract changed everything. Marketing, you know, the PA's been strong, the NHL's been strong. So you can't, you know, the only regret we do have with the NHL is they're not kind of retroacting the pension to some of the guys that, I mean, Bill Gadsby played 26 years. His pension was $400 Canadian a month. Okay. So they did get kind of taken care of when they restructured, like Alex got a. A few hundred thousand. Uh, anyways, bottom line was there's a lot of guys that aren't in those yeah. Hall of Fame well, guys that 
couldn't be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And, and the better question, who partied harder? Is it the kids nowadays or, the, or you guys no. back in your day? <laughs> There's no question. <laughs> Although the kids nowadays have it tougher because the cell phones, the video. Everything's out everywhere. there. Everything's out there. Yeah. Social you think media. You guys, you guys partied better, harder? Uh, well, because it didn't matter who. <laughs> that guy could never prove it if he yeah. said, hey, Mia was out till 3 o'clock. Right. You know, uh, yeah, we, we. I think we partied hard because of a, of the times. I'm sure these young kids. Would you guys? When we're not looking. Can do some. Party. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And, you know. Would you guys party before games and stuff? After the games? After the games. Um, before games. Meaning the I, night. The night before games. Yeah, the, I only missed curfew uh, once, and it was in L.A. I hooked up with a former girlfriend, and I knew my years were coming to an end with the Red Wings. So, it was <laughs> so screw it, yeah. So, and it was near the end of the year. It was you near the end of the year. It? No, because I never got caught. It, it was that year that was awful. We weren't making the playoffs. Yeah. I think we had maybe eight games left, and me and Danny Garrett decided we're going. So we got a limo, picked up my ex girlfriend. She had a friend, and we just went and partied <laughs> um, in, in LA. How, how late were you out till you think? I, <laughs> I, I'm not going to get fined now. Uh, we were out till three <laughs> thirty. Yeah, just part, just uh, partying. Well, the last hour was kind of yeah, yeah. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> See, and and I think that transitions well too to what we're uh, you know about to talk about too with golf. And and to be honest with you. We had a guy, uh, Jeremy Roenick, on. Oh, uh, uh, I love JR. And he, uh, we had mentioned you, and he said every single time he was at Joe Louis Arena, he remembers running into you in the hallway and chatting and how great of a guy you were. So he was awesome to talk to as well. But we have noticed with all these hockey players we've talked to, whether it's Mac, whether it's you, whether it's Roenick, whether it's uh, Dylan, who I know personally, you know, (laughs) and I actually played golf with with Dylan Larkin a couple weeks ago. But there seems to be this... uh, relationship that hockey players have with the sport of golf where it's not necessarily that it's the same motion as a slap shot in the golf swing because they are different motions but but it seems like a lot of hockey players love golfing as well they do i mean like i said i wish uh in my younger years i had taken it up a little bit because as you'll see today i'm pretty brutal out there (laughs) but i love to hit the ball but (laughs) we were still eight under through nine yes we were on the back and then we couldn't get anything (laughs) well we played better when meltdown left so we had to kick him out after the ridiculous comment about steve eiserman you're missing a key factor we played better the more we drank that outing oh that's right i had the valentine vodka going and but I think the thing with golf and hockey is, you know, you spend the whole winter perfecting your sport. And once you get out here, you're right. It's not about the motion being the same for, uh, obviously, it's not the same for goalies. Right. Because, <laughs> but for defensemen and forwards, how they hit the, the golf ball. I think it's about the camaraderie they get to spend. And it's a great day. Have a couple beers. And there's no pressure. Okay. There's, yep. You're going out. It's a, like, look at this course right now. It's uh, you're looking at it, and how can you not yep. be peaceful out there? Mm-hmm. Okay, now the guys on the PGA Tour might disagree with me because that's all pressure. <laughs> well, when they speaking get out of there. that though, you, you've obviously you know we we joked about how you get so much press from being Wayne Gretzky's best man. Yeah. Therefore, you've had the opportunity to play with Dustin Johnson before, who is with Paulina Gretzky. Yep. What was that like? Dustin's a great guy, and uh, I got to know him when. Wayne was having his fantasy camps in uh, in Vegas, so Dustin would take the week off. He'd come in, 
Because we just learned, because camps were usually in, in March, so Dustin was just getting ready. We always had a set of equipment for him to get on the ice, but he never showed up to put that equipment on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we saw him afterwards all the time. I uh, got to play with him in Gaza, and, you know, it's just amazing to watch this guy just effortlessly. Effortlessly. Mm-hmm. Boom. And when he wants to really hit the ball. So I don't know how you can time and say, I'm going to only hit it 310 today because then I got it better. Well, now I'm going to hit it 340, okay? <laughs> I mean, to watch this guy do it, and he's such a great guy. Uh, I last saw him at uh, Wayne's son's wedding in New York, and we got to have lunch together, me, Wayne, and Dustin. And uh, it was all on Dustin then getting ready for the season. So I enjoyed finally talking golf on a on a PGA guy. Oh yeah. Instead of hockey, you know. And what a season he's had, man! He's oh, been playing well. unbelievable. And uh, I, every tournament, I'm texting Gretz back and forth, right, and going, "Can you believe this? Like that one month? <laughs> I don't know what golfers ever, even Tiger Woods, has had the month that he put together just recently. Yep. I mean, they're all great is, golfers is he, nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, Justin Thomas, all these kids. Incredible. Well, is, is Dustin, a lot of people, I think, uh, you know, Dustin's maybe more of a private guy. He doesn't really show too much personality in right. interviews and stuff. Is that how he, he how he is in terms of oh, yeah. a shy guy? Or does he kind of open up more and just... If he knows you. Yeah. If he knows you, I think, but he's not a big talker. He's not he's, outgoing. He's, he's not, not, you know... Yeah, he's, it, he's outgoing, but it's not like myself. Sometimes I can't shut up, right? <laughs> He joins the conversation, but it's very, very minimal what his input would be on anything other than golf. Okay? Sure. Um, and that's just his persona. You know, he's just a quiet kind of guy. Um, but if I could hit the ball half he can, yep. I'd be a very happy man. <laughs> but he's a, he's a great guy. And uh, Paulina, like I said, I've been there since birth. She's she's a doll, and uh, they're, they're, they're happy together, and... You know, God bless him. I got one more for you, Eddie. Sure. Because we, Kyle and I always used to pretty much like to wrap up every interview asking this question. The go-to drink on the golf course, ah. what is it? <laughs> for me, it's... Uh, Everything. Valentine. Yeah. <laughs> Valentine and soda with a shot of bourbon in between. There you go. Wow. That, that comes from my uh, flask. <laughs> Mix don't in. get used to it. I didn't bring any today because I got a long day. Mixing vodka and bourbon. Wow. Well, just a little shot. Just yep. to get the uh, juices flowing. As you, what do you always say on the tee where the, the shot isn't in your legs yet? It's, it's got to move down. <laughs> and then my legs will move. Right now it's burning right in the tummy. Well, Eddie, I I mean, this is a great conversation. Obviously, I'm glad we uh, we were able to play. By the way, we did talk to Darren. So every single year from here on out, we're playing in the same force. I love at, it at that I, outing. You got You guys are awesome. <laughs> you know, it's always tough when you go to these charity things, and uh, you don't know who you're. You don't know with. who you're <laughs> yeah. paired with. Uh, you don't want to embarrass them if they're real good golfers sure. or if they're real bad golfers. They can't rely on my ball. <laughs> but I can honestly say that I have had good groups other than twice where I almost walked off to charity because there is wow. some guys that get out there and, and I think we talked about it on there mm-hmm. that are so serious on, on a charity yeah. tournament. You're it's not, a charity thing. I mean, yeah. you might yeah. win a little golf club or something. <laughs> yeah. A bag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A bag. Or, yeah. uh, we've got enough of those. But when you two, as soon as we had the first hole, 
I knew I was in for a good time. We were off and running. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, and we look forward to playing golf again. Absolutely. Um, or certainly playing today and playing at the outing again. That was just, I mean, that was just such a great time and a fun time that we, uh, besides the fact that we kept getting hit into by the group behind us. Unbelievable. <laughs> by Nick and, uh, yeah. and company. <laughs> that one kid could hit the ball. Oh, because yeah. Because twice it almost hit us. I almost died. Yeah. So, but uh, again, there's nothing to get upset there. We gave them a hard time, though, when they came up. <laughs> yep. Well, and then I think we gave them a shot. Yeah. 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 Here. They should have bought us a they shot. They should have bought us ridiculous. a shot. Yeah. Well, Eddie, uh, as we said, of course, you know, longtime NHL player, agent, and as you said, most notably known for being Wayne Gretzky's best man <laughs> yeah. and friend of Dustin Johnson. And right? friend. Uh, Eddie, thank you. We, we love talking to you and uh, look forward to continuing our uh, friendship on and off the golf course. Perfect. I'm looking forward to it, too. Great. As long as I end up with the same ball today. That's a good ball game to me. Thanks for listening to the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and keep giving Sully and Bogey a hard time. Powered by our presenting sponsor, Hall Financial, and also Tri-Covery Massage and Flexibility.